start a little bit by how we got to know each other um i graduated from norman high school and got a phone call from a dear friend saying hey did you hear about mac winners um his kid was just diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and um mac's a year below me in high school or was in life (laughs) not just high school it was so long ago not anymore (laughs) yeah anywho and so i never reached out or i don't think and then kid two was diagnosed and i think that's when i was I don't even remember how. Did I just send you a Facebook message? 
I don't know how. I don't even know you were diabetic, so I don't. <laughs> I think it was Becky Riddle, the Toon yeah, family, yeah, 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 that brought that to my attention. Anywho, mm-hmm. so there's the history on that, and so I don't remember, but we started communicating, and then I got to know, and we. I hadn't met you yet, and we yep. all went to dinner. Yes, we did. We met. went to local, yep. Met local. Mm-hmm. And we met the boys, Ryan that and I. That was almost two them. years ago. Yes. Yeah. No. Which is mm-hmm. crazy. Yep. He had, yeah. So <laughs> we have two youngsters that just joined us that'll be the topic of discussion. Do you guys want to tell us who hi. you are? Say hi. Okay, that's a maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you'll see pictures, and you'll, you'll t- oh, I, I can smell them. Microphone. Okay. okay. Well, if you, if you loosen up at any point. Yeah. <laughs> they were just testing their blood sugar a second ago. Yep. We went from a 37, now we're at 81, so we're on the upward swing. Yeah. We totally understand that. Just sure. an average morning, right? Yep, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and what were, they, what were they snacking on to bring the blood sugar up? Uh, fruits. Well, we tried a popsicle oh, and yeah. some fruit okay. snacks. Okay. So it's kind of the, the three-year-old was the one that went low and he's very picky and can get really irate in a low. So sometimes it's just throwing food at a bear and oh, then yeah. fixing it later on when we know we probably did too many carbs, but it kept him calm. So and sure, he took something. You're taking care of the in immediate need. Absolutely. Right now. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. He, um, he can, t- he's had a lot of glucagon shots because mm-hmm. he does get so hysterical. Oh, so okay. sometimes it's better mm-hmm. to just um, throw, give him more and then correct mm-hmm. a little bit later than to have to do glucagon mini-dosing. I don't know if you guys have ever done that. And I've it, never done the mini-dosing uh, before. They're okay. What's that like? Great. It's great. You just mix up your glucagon and then you give five units every 15 minutes until they're up. And oh, wow. it is almost immediate. Wow. So it's now wonderful. In fact, cool. in Europe, they have the glucagon mini-dosing pins. So oh, oh, you is, can just dial up cool. what you need. Yes, and, absolutely. Hmm. Which would be wonderful because it would be nice to be able to treat lows without sugar. Yeah, oh, no doubt. So just get them up. Trying to a three-year-old while they're mm-hmm. half asleep in the middle mm-hmm. of the night. Yeah, you just you give them a little glucagon shot. Give them a well, shot I never even sleep. thought about That's the amazing. glucagon shots until somebody brought it up. And they're like, well, what if you can't? Because I've been hospitalized when I couldn't ooh, stop vomiting. Mm-hmm. And of course, they hook you up to an IV. Well, I couldn't. If I would have had that glucagon shot, it would have saved mm-hmm. me a ton of, you know, maybe going to the hospital. Yeah. yeah. Never even considered that. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, and it, yeah. it is something that can be used casually, mm-hmm. you know, to fix yeah. a low. And mm-hmm. I think that's always forgotten because whenever you go to the endocrinologist, they always ask, you know, do you have your emergency pin? Mm-hmm. You know, the emergency glucagon around, and it's meant for just an emergency. I think is what yes. is what we've always been taught. Yeah. But yeah, for those situations where you got the flu, yeah. mm-hmm. or you're so tired, or you wake in the middle of the night, you're 37, you yeah. can't move off the bed, mm-hmm. or something, then that's where it's for. And for for somebody who can't really recognize them when they're going low yes. as a kid, and then they're just 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the glucagon's got to be amazing for yeah. you guys. And I mean, I even asked, I thought, are we using this too much? And the doctor was like, absolutely not. Our bodies are supposed to make glucagon. Right. So you, it's kind of like insulin. Mm-hmm. You know, do we really need to worry about using too much insulin? Do we need to use worry about using too much glucagon? Right. You know, we do what we need. And so I would just love to have the option of glucagon over juice boxes and things that rot my kids' teeth and yeah. then start a perpetual habit of I want to go low because I want more candy yeah. that kind of thing. I never would have oh, even no thought doubt. of that. So, yeah. If they're throwing up, you can't, you can't give them you know, food and they just throw it back up again. So this way we can... Do you feel like there's some. any manipulation? Oh, you know? <laughs> absolutely. It's constant <laughs> manipulation, constantly. And they've even got it where, you know, it's like they know we're on a 
turnpike where there's nowhere to pull over and it's mm. like I'm low I'm low so you just sometimes I just will toss something back to them so we don't have to stop around 75 mile an hour cars and then I get off the highway and I'm like oh really because uh, now you're 300 I don't think those 15 carbs pumped you up to that level you know 250 mm. points mm. so they definitely they definitely work the system and they had to try to work it with people that don't know too like the grandparents and whatnot so and I can't speak completely for their intentions but there are times whenever you're not low where you kind of feel low oh yeah, yeah. that's you know, true you can, you're saying you're, you're dropping down where you feel it but you know as a kid I, I, I worked the system a little bit too yeah yeah a little bit. A little I was bit. a good kid and did not even know the system existed. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, will, will you guys walk us through um, an average day in the winner's household? What it looks like when you guys wake up? You know, it's. Um, I actually, I guess the average day kind of starts in the middle of the night because <laughs> I usually start waking up a lot worrying about what their blood sugars are doing because we have a lot of problems with night blood sugars. Mm -hmm. We've still, I mean, Tyler's been diabetic for, or had diabetes, excuse me, uh, for four and a half years. And we still can't get our nights figured out. He tends to go high and go low. Um, Tanner tends to go low in the early hours. So I'm already waking up, laying in bed, thinking about it and thinking, okay, am I going to get up right now or should I go check? And sometimes I'll just mm -hmm. walk into their rooms to make sure they're sleeping normal or breathing. And um, other times I'll check their blood sugars. They sleep right through it. Um, so Tyler, so you don't feel your blood sugars go down at all in the middle of the night? No. Okay. Not at all. Tanner, we'll, we could check him at 10 o'clock. He'll be 350. Mm-hmm. And we won't give him anything. He can be he can be sixty within a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. Well, wow. You know when it's time to get up. It yeah. Can be, so it's it's tricky to even dose them at night. Well, okay. So Tyler's had diabetes for how long? Four and a half years. Four and a half. And okay. he's sick. Just turned seven. Excuse me. Turned seven oh, last week. Seven. Wow. Seven. Yeah, and seven. Tanner has had diabetes for how long? A little over two years. And he is, he is three. Three. No. So is his body still maybe producing? Are we? I don't know what you know, the term is. That's an interesting question because I just read an article that is kind of changing the way that that researchers and doctors used to think about type one diabetes. They thought that if you were diagnosed as a teen, you lost your beta cells quicker than if you were diagnosed as a young child. Well, now they're mm -hmm. finding kids diagnosed under six are actually losing their beta cells quicker wow. and have less, <laughs> you know, function than older diagnoses. So, um, and I saw, I could see that when they were diagnosed because everyone kept talking about this honeymoon period. Mm -hmm. There was no honeymoon period. We went from a normal child to excessive urination, vomiting, um, to a constant need for insulin. So right, there right. was there was no honeymoon period with these boys. Um, when t Tyler, when he was diagnosed, he was uh, misdiagnosed multiple times with just a stomach bug or a virus. So he went into full-blown diabetic ketoacidosis. Uh -huh. And um, we were sent, they actually had to hook him up to an IV in the doctor's office and then have a um, ambulance take him to Children's oh, Hospital because okay. wow. so, he was so ill. And then we were in the ICU for a couple days. So, But then Tanner, he was diagnosed because he just wet through a diaper 
during a 30 minute nap. And so we immediately took him to the ER and we checked his blood sugar, excuse me. And it was three in the three sixties and checked it like five more times. It was still in the three sixties. So we took him to the ER and the ER wouldn't believe us that he had type one. They, they did 21 pages worth of tests. And finally I said, well, you're not sending us home because I know he has type one diabetes. The pediatricians (laughs) can do their rounds in the morning. And sure enough he did, but they kept telling us it may be six, seven months before he actually fully needs insulin. And his A1C went from 6.4 to 11.1 in My two and gosh. a half weeks. Wow. He had yeah. to feel like crap the whole yeah, time. Yeah, he did. He, wow. it, was, it was crazy. So neither of my boys honeymooned. They just, it was done. When their pancreas done. stopped, they stopped. Just So I believe the research that I read recently. That, that makes some sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's, if, if Tyler will talk to us. Um, so I give daily injections. So I give about five shots a day. And Ryan, what do you do normally? I I'm on the pump, so I <laughs> until I, today I just I, I take a whole lot of a half unit, one unit, one and a half unit, two two unit boluses, basically like surfing the wave, basically all day. Um, and yeah. Tyler, what do you do? You give yep. shots or do you have a pump? Pump. Pump. Oh, pump. okay. And what's what's the name of your pump? Ricky. What's it called? Is what's it, it called, called? Ricky? No. <laughs> <laughs> Like I heard your mom talking about a second ago. It was the Animus, correct? The know, Animus type of pump? That? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, let's take Will a look. Will you show it to us? We just pulled out the Dexcom. Oh, it, that's like really cool pouch you got going there. Got the Angry Birds pouch going on that is for the so pump. Cool. That is sweet. Wow. And what about Tanner? Tanner, let's see your pump. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. That's that's a robot. (laughs) That is so cool. We got to watch him yeah, he'll detach himself and and lasso it around, and then he'll sometimes he likes to chew on the pump cord. Oh yeah, so so you've got it there, Ryan. Where's your pump? You want to show them yours? Yeah. Sure. I don't have sure. one, or else mm-hmm. I'd pull it out too. See, just a little bit different, just a different yeah. color. But I'm thinking about, guys, I might do a Dexcom trial. I've never had anything like this. So do you guys have, are they CGNs? Yes. That's a Dexcom. It's right there. You'd be surprised how accurate these things are. That's crazy. They are. And of everything I can Mm -hmm. tell, the research, uh, user experience, Mm -hmm. the Dexcom accuracy is... Uh, very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Lots of trust. Have, have mm-hmm. you felt that way? Yeah, parents? absolutely. In fact, I a couple months ago, I we had an extra one, so I wore it for a week. Oh, my God. Uh, oh. It didn't hurt when I, in, when I put it in, which mm-hmm. I know that typically it doesn't hurt the boys, but every now and then, you know, you'll you get, catch, a, you, you yeah. get a sensitive spot. Yep. Um, but it, and I randomly was checking my blood sugar throughout the day to see, you know, how exercise would affect it or how eating would affect it. And it just didn't affect it at all. There was just a straight line right across the board for myself. So (laughs) I know I just, once you see your kids Mm -hmm. and and how crazy all the different insults from the environment and the food, how it happens throughout the day, it makes you really gracious for your body's ability to just maintain. Absolutely. Uh, it's incredible. Absolutely. The homeostasis. Yeah. And it just makes me think too, you know, a lot of people in my family have type two diabetes. Mm-hmm. And so really it would be such an injustice to my children to not take care of myself and to put my body through yeah. what it would need to become a type two diabetic. So mm-hmm. I've become more health, health conscious mm-hmm. through this situation to make sure I take care mm-hmm. of myself because my kids, they were 
born with a body that didn't want to work right. right. Mine, I'm blessed that I was born with a body that did want to work right. So I need to, it's my job to take care of it. So that's a really interesting observation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was curious how life for you and uh, as parents, just as individuals, how you've grown mm-hmm. since the diagnosis. I mean, have you, has your outlook on life and health changed since the boys have had this going on? It absolutely has. In fact, um, when after Tyler was first diagnosed, um, I, you know, I had gained a lot of weight when my kids, when my kids were born and, um, didn't really take care of myself. And after Tyler's diagnosis, I really didn't take care of myself. And so I decided at one point, that's when I came to the realization that it's my job to take care of my body for my kids. Cause it's not just about me and take, you know, so I can be around and set a good example for them because they have, you know, this huge thing they're going to be dealing with. You know, hopefully not for the rest of their lives, but at this point, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I got back into fitness and eating right and just trying to maintain that um, while I'm taking care of the kids. Because right. a lot of parents, you know, they feel, especially with new diagnosis and really small kids, I've talked to a lot of parents that just don't give themselves the time. Mm-hmm. They just are completely focused on, you know, what you need to do for your kids. And I think a lot of us parents need to step back and learn to take care of ourselves too. When you're leading by wow. example. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, so many moms, yeah. Parents, not just moms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we lost one of... <laughs> One of the kids. He was restless. restless. Yep, we're negative one now. Negative one. Actually, we added them both <laughs> during the show, and it lost one, so we're plus one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Ryan, what do you want to? T- what do we want to ask these people? Well, they never really finished up our daily routine. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. let's no, get back routine. to the daily routine. Thank you. I'm good at getting people <laughs> off track. My bad. Um, oh, I like that. <laughs> so, okay, good. so middle of the night testing. So, so. testing. Yeah, we 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 have to test at night, like we said, because we we still haven't figured out a basal that works for them. Mm-hmm. And there's growth spurts that they're going through. I mean, also from what I understand from what the doctors have told us that diabetes is a lot harder to manage in the younger children that once they hit like seven, eight, nine, ten, that's when their bodies start being more predictable. Mm-hmm. So at this point they say you can only, you can't predict, you can only react. Right. So, so we, we typically will keep, okay. keep, keep them high through the night so we don't have to worry about a low yeah and we just in the mornings we just correct them mm-hmm. yeah go from there so, right yep so mm-hmm. we've stay we if we can keep them you know at a decent number by like 10 30 or 11 then one of us can go to bed and we can go to bed for the night um mm-hmm. if not then then i just set my alarms and keep waking up to check and then like i said Man. before then there's i can't tell you how many times i've just woken up and have the that intuition to check them, and they've been low. Oh. And I've heard a lot of diabetic diet. Sorry, oh. I know a lot of people don't like the word no, diabetic. Yeah, we, we struggle with no, it. This as is well. an evolving process <laughs> yeah. for us too. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah big time. Especially um, in writing. But a, a lot of moms out there that talk about waking up in the middle of the night and catching a thirty or a forty or mm-hmm. you know even scarier lower. In mm-hmm. fact, I just spoke with a mom in Nebraska who her daughter is in my um, best friend's classroom. That that's what they did. They woke up one night just out of instinct, and her daughter was having a seizure. Oh wow! And they oh, thought, you know, had you not had she slept through, she had not woken up, the outcome could have been horrible in the morning. Mm. So what is it? What is that? 
feel like? Is it a thought or is it just a gut it's, feeling like, hey, the boys are low? It's a gut Let's, feeling where you're just kind of sitting there and you're like, I, I shouldn't, like, I almost talk myself out of it. I say, no, I'm just being, I'm overreacting. I'm being paranoid. Mm-hmm. But then it's this, it just keeps plugging at you. And so, mm-hmm. and you can't fall back asleep. You just get wide awake. So and to, that's probably different than a thought, mm-hmm, you know, right? Yeah. It's different than just a, a worrying. Yeah. No, it, it's thought. just a it's a feeling of like a little bit of doom, kind of. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say that you wow. get as a parent, and and I and there's other times where I'm just I'm just gonna check them because I'm just I can't stop thinking about it. So, but I'm I also had um, I've had a couple friends pass away. Um, oh yeah, you dated someone, diabetes. didn't you? I, yes, he's very healthy. He's mm-hmm. he didn't pass away, thank heavens. He's very healthy, but um, uh, best one of my close friends all through growing up. In fact, she was she passed away less than a year before Tyler was diagnosed um, okay. from complications. She was waiting for a new pancreas. Um, mm. Terrible situation. Then um, a childhood friend that had it was in Mexico and. Yeah. We don't know what happened. It just happened. So so I do, I get there there yep. is I have to talk myself off the ledge a lot um with some of my worries so I don't impede my kids, you know, ability to live a normal life. So I, mm. I internalize my my crazy. So Well, okay, so oh, man. now you're you've you finally scrape yourself out of bed at what time? Mm. Oh, right. By six, usually. If not, or well, he's always oh, by six, six. And I'm in bed oh. saying, let me just have five more minutes. <laughs> I think so, everybody does that. Yeah. yeah. He's begging yeah. for it. Just tear the band aid off. Just get up. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so time. then, you know, it's just what every diabetic, you know, the first thing we do is we have to check him. So that's when we get to see, well, did what we did last night, did it work or not? And <laughs> sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But um, do you gauge their breakfast around what their blood sugar is, or do you just? No, we give them just whatever they'll eat, pretty much. They're picky (laughs) eaters, so it's kind of like if you will eat this and put food in your body, that's good. Tyler, our oldest, he really resists breakfast a lot, and then of course he doesn't want to eat his breakfast, and it's like, well, you're going to go low. And sometimes I just put him on the school bus and say, well, you know, you're going to have to have to deal with this, and Mm -hmm. he'll check himself on the bus and. Give, take the glucose tabs if he needs it, or you know, mid morning at school. I feel bad the teacher has to deal with it, right. but I think he's learning. And here lately, he's been a lot better about eating breakfast. Mm-hmm. So he understands. He's breakfast about is one his of body. my favorite meals because mm-hmm. it gives you the mm-hmm. fuel for the rest of the day, right, Ryan? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> breakfast. But I've always been the person who wakes up and loves breakfast. But you know, you'll have friends, you know, the rest of your life, Tyler, that will say things like. Oh, I don't have to eat breakfast. I'm never hungry at mm-hmm. breakfast, or I never eat lunch. I just eat dinner. And and but for us, I mean, we kind of we kind of have to stick to our eat. three meals a day because yeah, the insulin part. insulin doesn't stop for us, mm-hmm. and we don't have the the handy glucagon yeah. coming around yeah. to help us out. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Tyler's on the bus. Tyler's on the bus by seven at seven ten in the morning. Do you pack his lunches? I pack his lunches and mm-hmm. I write the carb counts down on everything he eats, so that way his teacher um, knows how to dose him. Yeah. Um, and then they check they they check based on if he fe- has you know if he feels low, which he's really good about voicing that at school. He doesn't have a problem talking about it in front of other kids. And then um, she really only I only have the teacher call me if there's you know, a big issue. Mm -hmm. I really leave it all at school because I want Tyler to feel like he can be independent from me and, you know, 
in, at school, and also so the teacher knows that I really do trust her. Oh, that yeah. she doesn't. That, and I don't want to take any more time out of the classroom that needs to be taken care of. She's so gracious. Mm-hmm. In fact, her name is Mrs. Literal at Tuttle Elementary School. She just does it, and she does it with a smile on her face, and she's wow. happy to do it. And at what um, age will it? With the cell phones too. Mm-hmm. Oh, this, yeah, and you don't have you to can, like, take them to the office. Like when we were kids, mm-hmm. you had to make a phone call. You went to the office. Mm-hmm. Well. Cell phones right there, shoot a text and yeah. shoot a text yeah. back. So communication is almost immediate, which mm-hmm. helps out. Yeah. With it stays this. in the classroom. Well, yeah. yeah. At what yeah. age yeah. does he start dialing it up himself? That's a really interesting question because I think a lot of parents have a have different views on this. And I my view that I've decided to take on this, which I don't it's just what I do, is I'm not gonna force my kids to do this because they're going to have to do it for the rest of their lives. Mm. So I will ask them, Hey Tyler, would you please check your own blood sugar? And we, and he, he is very good about that kind of stuff. But if there's days that he just doesn't want to have to do it, I'm, I'm going to step in and do it Yeah, because it's, I mean, he's two, since he was two and a half, you know, he's never going to know anything different. And so what if I, for a few more years, I just take the burden from him. Well, Tyler, if, do you help your brother oh. test his blood sugar sometimes? No. What? <laughs> Tanner You're won't like let supposed him. To be, oh, Tanner oh. won't let him. Oh, I, I cannot imagine having a sibling with diabetes. But you've offered. Mm-hmm. You're, you're willing to help, aren't you? No. No, oh, I bet. Well, can you tell, let me ask you this, can you tell when your, bro- your brother's blood sugar is low? When he's whining like a baby. Well, he's kind of a baby. I mean, he was a baby not too long ago, so that's a tough one, but I'm glad that you can detect it. I feel like I can tell when Ryan's low. He acts like a unique person. <laughs> that's what I'm most, most unique. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he can tell when I'm low, too. No comment. I'm extra special. Both, both, yeah, both these boys have been able to tell us when they're low since, I mean, Tanner probably... What less than a year after he was diagnosed, mm-hmm. he could tell you. He, wow. okay, he couldn't say much, but he could sure say low. Or yeah, something it kind of sounded like meow. So <laughs> the grandparents were always like, "You want the cat?" Like, <laughs> and Tyler would say, "No, he's low." He's like me, whoa, me, whoa. <laughs> he's been able to translate for Tanner for years. Tyler, how do you oh. feel when your blood sugar gets low? Lazy. Lazy. Mm. Oh, that's that's pretty spot on. Well, that sums mm-hmm. up my life right there. <laughs> All the motivation goes away. Do you yeah. get sweaty? Yeah. No. No sweaty. Okay, well, that might come. Here, let me put the microphone down a little bit so you can... Yes. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Do you get a little grumpy? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, I bet you It's hard to be objective favorite. about your own mood states. That's true. That's tough. <laughs> yeah. You know... They always talk about how you have to be, uh, it's not until your mid-20s that mm-hmm. your your prefrontal cortex and your brain develops mm-hmm. and you develop um, more executive function. Mm-hmm. But the same thing's also happening in your peripheral nervous system. Mm-hmm. So your ability to detect lows and what's going on in your body only increases over time. Okay. And eventually it turns into a mood state noticing, mm-hmm. but he's already doing it. And that mm-hmm. just continues to grow as he gets older, but he's already got a heightened awareness. That's pretty awesome. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks for geeking out because oh, that, yeah. that is good for people to understand. Yeah, absolutely. Because I know a lot of people talk about that. My kids just don't feel it. So it's nice now I can go and tell them, oh, actually, you know, their brain hasn't developed in that way yet, but mm-hmm. it will come. So, and it will get better every year. So it, it just comes. Yeah. It yeah. just takes, it just takes time. I, I know mm-hmm. we've always talked about this year, the, the low sensations 
have changed from physical mm-hmm. as as a kid to more of a uh, mind state, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mental definitely. check over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay, his, kids, go ahead. His his favorite subject in school is lunch. Isn't it? Isn't it your favorite part about school? Yes. Or recess, too, right? I don't like recess. Okay, lunch. Oh, okay. Lunchtime. And he eats, usually eats all of his lunch, doesn't he? Which is Mm -hmm. really good. Mm -hmm. You hardly pack me anything in lunch. You hardly pack anything? What? I I doubt that. I'll try and pack more in your lunch. But by the end of the day, he's exhausted. Mm -hmm. Mm. It takes it out of him. Um, He, a lot of time, he'll fall sound asleep on the school bus drive coming home. So, uh, what are the blood sugars at that point? Do we know? Yeah, I check him as soon as he gets off the school bus. He's usually in the low 100s by the time mm-hmm. he gets off the school bus. Um, act, any kind of wow. activity really drops him. And I think mm-hmm. one of the reasons why he doesn't like recess that much is because, you know, in Oklahoma, it's hot a lot. Yeah. And he tends to drop low in the heat. So he mm-hmm. just gets miserable and just wants to sit down. Um, That's understandable. Wow. That makes, that so, makes yeah. That, that everybody else totally can easily run around and you yeah. don't feel the same way. And we're trying to introduce him into sports, mm-hmm. you know, baseball, basketball, soccer. No, and no, he's just, no. He's <laughs> real interested because he just, I think he gets tired real easy. Well, yeah, you know, was, Ryan played all kinds of sports. Mm-hmm. What all did you play, Ryan? Um, football, baseball, and basketball. Yep. So, yeah. But my situation was different too because I grew up, you know, I started playing most of those sports at mm-hmm. six or seven. Yeah. And then I was diagnosed at nine. Mm-hmm. So those were already worked in to the system. Mm-hmm. And then it was just a matter of putting diabetes on the sideline and incorporating it. Yeah. So it would, it would, it would be different too. And as he, yeah, and as, as I'm sure, you know, he gets older, mm-hmm. that, that whole experience with Lowe's will change. It's his ability to, Detect things changes mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. his ability yes. to incorporate temp basils mm-hmm. into his life. Yeah, I mean it. Yeah, there's there's all kinds of options and it'll, mm-hmm. it'll grow. This yeah. is all new stuff for us too. We're just kind of learning as we go too. Yeah. Oh, that's so. how you have to do it. I yeah. feel like, there, and we've talked no about this a lot. We're all similar, but not the same. And mm-hmm. so that's really hard when they give you a clear cut. Here's what everybody needs to do. Well, that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. So, oh, not at all. I mean, I can just say from my experience with two diabetics kids with diabetes they are (laughs) so different they everything about the way that we manage their diabetes is completely different from one another they're very unique Mm -hmm. uh, which was a learning curve for me because I just thought I could do what I did with Tyler and it would be fine and that wasn't the case so do they have different carb ratios they do they have different carb ratios but that's expected (laughs) since there's you know three years difference between them but not much when Tyler was Tanner's age Tyler's the six, seven-year-old. Tanner's the three-year-old. Mm-hmm. Tyler's carb ratio was much lower. Tanner's, I mean, Tyler had a carb ratio starting out of like one to four. Or not wow. one to four, excuse me. No, one to 40. My bad. Okay. And wow. Tanner was cool. never one to 40. Tanner was like one to 30. Okay. And then at this point, Tanner's, you know, one to 20 and Tyler's about one to 15. It varies with meal. Each meal is different on a carb ratio. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, we're still trying to fine tune how to figure out what we can do during the day to not affect the night. Because when you think about the night and being high at the night, I mean, that's eight to 10 hours. Mm -hmm. So that's almost half of your day that you're spending every day, possibly in the 300s just to bottom out. So we've really, really struggled and it changes. I mean, every couple months we're changing the basils to try to see if we figured it out and we just haven't quite figured it out yet. So it's, it, it sounds like to me as a parent, you, 
get to experience what the the mind game is like as an mm-hmm. adult person with diabetes. Mm-hmm. Like what what our what our game is every day. What we do, you're basically doing as parents, but mm-hmm. it's not even inside you. Yeah. So it's like you're you're trying to run a game that you can't feel every day. Yeah, which is so so interesting because yeah, they're doing this. They're it. doing the same things we are mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. Well, okay. I want to shift into a little bit more of if it's okay with you, Ryan, oh, yeah, go ahead. is life for you guys. I mean, so yeah. switching to the adult side mm-hmm. of things and how do you have a normal life? <laughs> if you want to call it that, <laughs> there is no normal life. Let's be honest, but. Oh my gosh. We can't call We just can't call any babysitter. Right. You know? So during the summertime, if we can, when we still like to go out, have yeah. drinks, go to the bar, even though I'm yeah. 40. <laughs> you know, two o'clock in the morning. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no so we try to have get-togethers here yeah, at our house, yeah. in the nice. big backyard, so we can still have fun as adults and hang out with friends. Let the kids run around and go yeah. crazy, and you know, it feels like you can get away for a minute. But yeah, yeah. did the recon? Oh yeah, did the recognition of that happen like pretty close after the first diagnosis, Absolutely. or that that was necessary? It was immediate. I, it was immediate, even in the sense that the people around you don't truly understand what you're going through, right. and you don't even understand what you're going through at that moment. So you, I felt very isolated. Sure. Um, I don't. I can't speak for Mac, but it just. Well, luckily, I mean, I, I get to leave. I get to leave this chaos every day and go to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have chaos at work, but it's different. Trisha's mm-hmm. here with it, twenty-four hours a day. And so when I get home, that's kind of, I, I guess, her escape or her exercising her, her escape. So I don't, <laughs> yeah. but I, yep. I get to uh, like sometimes mornings and it's time for me to go. I'll leave 10 minutes early because it's some crazy shit in here. I'm ready to tell We definitely, we don't have the leisures of, of, of other parents, right? With, you know kids without diabetes mm. like max said we just can't get a babysitter anytime and a lot we still have people that don't get that they're just like right. oh we'll just go on care.com and i'm like well you just don't understand That's a tough it's one. so mm. when my kids get older i would probably be more likely to do that but they're so young they still they catch most of their lows but they still miss lows you know tanner still has a hard time enunciating words mm-hmm. so we would be at the mercy of someone understanding what he's saying. And then you sit there and think, well, I'm going to probably worry the whole time. Well, what about the little girl you said that lives in the neighborhood that's in the seventh grade? Oh, she doesn't live in the neighborhood. She lives, um, when she gets a little older, I probably will. In fact, you know, her mom's the (laughs) speech therapist in town. So if she wants to be a babysitter, I'll do that. But the funny thing is, is I've tried to talk to some teenagers before their parents. They're like, oh, would they like to have diabetes? And... (laughs) They never want to babysit. I think they're like, I deal enough with my own. I, know. I don't want to deal with other, yeah. other ones. Um, you know, it was bumpy. <laughs> it's a We had to kind of learn how to be a family yeah. and function as a husband and wife mm-hmm. with dealing with this diagnosis and dealing with how it changed our life. I mean, because all of you out there know it just kind of turned everything upside down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, we have to learn how to live with this again. And I mean, now it's such a part of our life that it it's just kind of there. You know, I don't even think about, it's just what we do. Well, and Ryan yeah. may know the statistics, I'm sure you do, but how, uh, I mean, 
I will. What are the chances of the second child also having it? They told us it was just slightly elevated over the general population. Like, isn't general? Is it? 5% 5% chance in the general population or was it that or is it 2.2 something like I think that? it uh, we'll figure this out and put it in the show notes I think it it's one important. I think it's like one in every man one in every thousand mm-hmm. kids or so maybe that, yeah it's somewhere around there and so they would have said yeah. like oh maybe you have a one in 500 chance now probably no they, not even like that, that much it wasn't even that much it's just a slight just a slight raise in the chance of having another child with type one. In fact, um, I was so worried about that because I was pregnant at the time with Tanner when oh, Tyler was diagnosed okay. and wow. they kept telling me, you all don't have a family history in this. You know, the, it's such a slight risk. They're like, don't, it's not going to happen. They're like, don't even worry about You won that. the lottery, the diabetes so, yeah, lottery. We, did. We, we, beat the, we beat the odds. It's pretty special. special well, odds it, to beat. As weird as it sounds like, having a sibling with it you know that's a support team a built-in support team it is i feel like it is and i I always tell parents because there may be parents out there listening right now that have one child with type 1 diabetes and they're constantly worrying about their other children and we are not the typical we our situation is very atypical as far as you know, the diabetes community. Mm-hmm. Um, most of you out there, you don't need to worry about it. Try to try not to worry about it because chances are it's not probably going to happen to you all. I mean, I know right. that there are, yeah. there are lots of, lots of families with multiples out there, but there are more families without. So enjoy, enjoy not carb counting for your <laughs> other kids and, and try to try not to worry so much. Well, so, and we, at that JDRF, uh, good advice, type one, summit i don't know what it all was called um i learned something that i'm not going to say freaked me out but definitely i had never heard of was that i have a nephew who's five Mm -hmm. and you know my sister has been tested for type one um my older sister is adopted so that's out of the equation but i said we learned about detection Mm -hmm. so everybody in your family should get tested because they now have I don't know if it's a medication, but something that can help prevent. Yes, I can tell you about this. Um, first of all, contact a trial net in your area because the majority of your your immediate family and extended, like your cousins and what your kids' cousins can be checked um, for these antibodies. There are five different antibodies. Mm-hmm. If an antibody is detected, um, you can get you'll be checked every year and as it progresses you can start on medication an oral medication that can slow the pro- progress of the disease in fact the president of the JDRF um, Derek Rapp he has one son with type 1 diabetes and his second son i believe has been in this trial for 5 years and he's just been having to take one pill a day and the disease hasn't progressed progressed Which is that, so. that is incredible that, that is, is incredible. Yeah, yeah, so think about it. With those of you out there that have a one or two or three year old, I mean, even older, a lot of times people are like, I don't want to, you know, have my son get a blood test at that young of age. But think about it. If one pill a day could have yeah. diet, have it starting at, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, and later, that's just five more years that there's more opportunity for better technology to come out, um, five more years to kind of live life. You know, a little it's bit more like normal. It's kind of like the cancer screenings that people mm-hmm. can do now. And you, you're either really for it or really against it. And I, my sister mm-hmm. was like, I don't know if I want to test Greg. I mean, I don't And I was like, okay, all right, I can understand that. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking like you are. Like, this could prevent you from having to 
let's not live in denial. These things could come about. Mm-hmm. Let's hit it head on, yeah. but that's not my battle. Uh, so. I should clarify most research studies, you have to be at least three years old okay. in them. So I, I shouldn't have said one or two. I should have said that. So okay. the ones I noticed, because I was, when Tanner was diagnosed, I was scouring through every kind of study we could put him in, and it was always three and older. So. Oh. You know, this debate is something we talk about in our medical ethics classes is the screening tests that uh, either tell someone genetically that they're susceptible mm-hmm. to a disease or they tell someone that they're going to have this disease. Mm-hmm. It's just going to take time, yeah. you know? And, mm-hmm. and what, what currently the ethics, the ethical considerations are, is that if you can do something about it, then you screen for it mm-hmm. and, and you let somebody know. Mm-hmm. But if you can't do anything about it, mm-hmm. then it's up to the patient if they really want to know. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and that should never mm-hmm. be a recommendation from a physician. Yeah. Like for Huntington's. Mm-hmm. You know, you can tell right now if somebody's going to have Huntington's. Mm-hmm. Just do a blood test. You can tell. But you can't do anything for Huntington's yet. Mm-hmm. But because we can actually delay now yes. the start of diabetes, mm-hmm. I would want my child tested. Yeah. You know, in a, in a second. No, for Absolutely. real. It, I, don't, yeah. I don't have a child, but in the future. Yeah. You know? And it's yeah. free. And also... Think about they use this research. All the, these blood tests are used in research to aid in finding a cure, to aid in find you know patterns in your families. Mm-hmm. It's really a useful t- tool for researchers. So we as you know families need to be trying to do whatever we can to hit the end game, which is a, a cure. Right. So yeah, and if you haven't already heard about it, TrialNet. Just yeah. Google it, and it's pretty easy to get into. It is. Yep. It's awesome. In fact, if you don't live near a testing area, they will actually mail you the whole packet. You can go into your doctor's office, and they'll t- draw your blood for you and mail it back. Oh, wow. So, That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. So it's not like you have to be in an urban yes. city center exactly. to, to get the, the laboratory mm-hmm. to help you. Yep. Okay. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward moment of hey, well, this silence. Is a, this is a good time to, to take a break. Let's take a yeah, quick break. We'll take a pause, get a drink, and mm-hmm. come back. We took a little break. I, I was shown both of the Darth Vader's oh, in yeah. the rooms. Yep. We one. all tested our blood sugars. Everybody mm-hmm. tested the blood sugar. Yeah. Did you test your blood sugar? Mm-hmm. I looked. Mm-hmm. Well, I looked at looked at the <laughs> uh, the pump. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, the the question I've got uh, for both of you is, and, it, it, and I thought about it whenever you were you were talking about now and then later. Like, how do you balance? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, it's all no, good. Guys. Don't be sorry. No, no big deal. How, can... how do you balance knowing that this is this is impermanent for now? That life will change for you and them as they get older, but then also still meeting the needs today. 
you know it's going to dissolve eventually or everything will change a little bit. You know, um, I've just had to take the standpoint of really living in the now and because they're, you can really, as a parent, get really overwhelmed with what the future will bring when you start thinking of the different stages in life. And then you think about the fact that, that the journey that Mac and I are on with these boys, there's an end point. Mm-hmm. At some point, we will not be involved in the care of their diabetes anymore, but they're still living with it, so their journey moves on. And, and it's overwhelming to think about that, mm-hmm. about the fact that I won't be there with them to do it for them and to help them with it and to make sure that they're okay. And also the life, you know, learn, they're going to have to have insurance, their insurance, and how are they going to be new college grads and dealing with paying for their paying for this disease? And it's overwhelming. So really, we have to take the standpoint of really living in the now mm-hmm. and not worrying so much what's going to happen uh, even a year from now because diabetes is perpetually changing in these small kids right. as their bodies are perpetually developing. Well, I want to say something to that just because as Mac and I were talking about it a second ago, no, you know, I didn't announce or ever really talk about having diabetes. And this whole experience for me with the Diabetes Daily Grind has been so different talking about everything. And I just always grew up feeling I knew I could do anything I set my mind to. Diabetes was never even a thought process there. So I think it's got to be harder for the parents because you eventually do lose control. And I feel like you're doing the best to instill the values in your children to live life. I mean, they can do anything. Ryan, it was a wicked athlete. I would have never even wanted to do that. But I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like they're going to take control and they're going to figure it out and the shit's going to hit the fan at some point and you can be their support team, but it's up to us as people with diabetes to make those decisions. Each of us. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and that's the thing. And I just think of the pressures that I feel doing it for them, that they're going to have those same pressures when they're older. And I just hope that they don't have a sense of failure because I mean, I mean, I do there are a lot of times I really feel like I'm failing at this where I dread our three-month appointments because... Uh, it's going to be a judgment call on is. the A1C. It is, and you feel like, oh, okay, well, I didn't do so good this three-month time period. But luckily, our, our endocrinologist is constantly telling me because that I'm in a different situation than most other diabetics. My kids are. Mm-hmm. We, we can't expect to get the A1C levels that you know, other people do right now. So he has our own set of expectations, what he wants from us, because I have two small boys. They're wild. They're all over the place. They (laughs) still graze. So we have They want a rock wall in their bedroom. Just, they dropped that hint today. Go ahead. (laughs) I'll tell dad that. (laughs) Dad already built the tree house in one of the rooms. It's a sick tree house. That's true. (laughs) Sorry. But, um, you know, I just, I just hope that at the end of the day, when, when I am through with Mac and I are through this journey that our kids come out confident and have lived as normal life as possible and that they don't have to feel the failure that, that Mac and I feel on a lot of days that we're just not doing good enough. So well, it, it's uh, it, the, one of the themes that's emerged on the website lately and in some of our podcasts, but more in our posts that we've been writing and just something that we've noticed too on the internet is so hard to, to, control an A1C and then see others always posting 
Like, and, and you see people, you know, who see, see people who in their Twitter bios who have diabetes will actually list their A1C and it's like 5.7 in a Twitter bio or 5.9. And, but, and to realize that that has nothing to do with me mm-hmm. at all. And I have no idea what their intentions are behind putting 5.7 mm-hmm. out there. But then all I have to do every day is to judge myself by my effort, mm-hmm. you know, right. because diabetes is always changing, you know, and I can't always control what's happening in my life. But yeah. I've got to just keep focusing on what I do every day. And I think that effort. if you instill in the children to not to base their happiness on that number, I look at each day as I want to feel the best that I can today. And there are so many other factors involved that are out of my control, I'm just going to do the best that I can with the hand that I've been dealt. And so I feel like that will be really good for them to learn sooner than later so it's not so much stress. And that's what we do talk about that. We we say, you know, how are you feeling? And, Mm. you know, your blood sugars are a little high right now. If if you're wanting to eat this, well, okay, but it's probably not going to make you feel good. So Mm. we talk a lot about that. In fact, you all had suggested that to us when we met two years ago was to really base things off of feeling. So we, we definitely try to do that and not make it the primary focus. I mean, for me at this point with the whole A1Cs being posted Mm -hmm. in the diabetic online community, it's almost getting to the point where I like loathe it as much as Mm -hmm. like the dead in bed comments and dead in bed articles that people put on that make me crazy. So, but it's hard, it's hard when it's hard not to measure yourself up Mm -hmm. to everybody else. And, and I mean, I just, sometimes I'm like, it feels like it's a direct result of my parenting. Like I can't do this. Why did everybody else do it? Why can't? And I get a 7.5 A1C for my kids. I just, oh. we just can't at All this kids point. Are different and yeah. Obviously, your insulin doses are direct, directly what you put in your body. Mm-hmm. Try to tell that kid what to put in his body every day at every oh. meal. Every parent oh fights with their children about what are you going to eat today. Yeah. And, and it's a matter of just getting food in their bodies. And now you absolutely to dosing them and trying mm-hmm. to keep their blood sugars at a correct level without getting them too high mm-hmm. or really too low. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Well, and we yeah. just... Go ahead. And, and during the break, the kids wanted a Popsicle. Well, I, I mean, I, I can't imagine my parents having to say yes or no, and so you want them to be normal children. So both kids got a Popsicle. We tested blood sugars. We knew what was going to go on, but I was asking Trish, I was like, do you keep everything sugar-free in the house? Like, what... My sisters hated me because my parents took all sugar out of the house. Mm-hmm. That was it. So, I, and so I would sneak it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we we definitely stay away from sugar free. I don't know. I, I'd rather them just have the real yeah, stuff. Yeah. But we don't we don't keep much in the house. But that was a decision that we made before we even had kids. Right. Um, just to limit it because I mean, Mac and I we won't stop. I mean, he'll have like a hidden thing of cookies in the sock drawer and as soon as I know it's there I'm like oh man it's on so for our own health we can't keep it in the house but also behind that thought process was in to let them enjoy life at school let them enjoy life and activities that we do so you know, a piece of cake to, or so, whatever yeah so yeah. so we're not having to say no and also just Maybe hopefully instilling in them that you don't need a house full of ice cream and cookies and right. things like that. Well, and we try to keep the sweets as a special treat. Sure. This day and age, I mean, I go into people's houses and there's just crap everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's not special. It's like a part of what you eat every day is a mm-hmm. is a cupcake or a Twinkie. And so these guys, it's 
you know, we try to keep it a special thing. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to totally get rid of it, Mm-mm. but we don't have cookies in the house. Right. We don't have hostess boxes everywhere. <laughs> yeah, we it, have it's not about snacks. diabetes necessarily. It's about just lifestyle. It is. Yeah. It is. And that's, and that's where it should about. probably come from. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, they're fighting. Max going to take care of it. Um, a lot of times my kids will ask, like, why don't we get dessert every night? And it's not because you have diabetes. It's because it's not healthy. Like, right. dessert is a very special thing that you don't get very often. So the right. reason, so they understand that the reason why there's not sugar in the house is for health reasons, not for your diabetes. Because uh, right. mom and dad don't need it. So but we have donut. <laughs> we do donut Friday. Like, if they've been good every mm-hmm. Friday, we go get donuts. I'm not yep. going to limit that. I mean, in fact, I was at um, an event. I'm not going to say what it was. But there was some donuts were like a perk. And a parent didn't know me I didn't know them and I said well we can go into this area and you can help yourself to a donut well my child can't eat that she has diabetes and I was like oh okay I'm sorry right we eat it every Friday in my house (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say that I was I was like oh okay I'm very sorry but I thought you know what's a we get it there you take insulin for it right I love it It, it, it's it's choices it's empowerment and it's and it builds this attitude of of independence and freedom and ownership of choice instead of the the prison the self-contained prison that some people when they get to uh teenage years mm-hmm. experience yeah. it's mm-hmm. like oh, i'm sick of this prison i'm, I'm out of here yeah. i'm free i can do whatever i want i'm stopping taking insulin mm-hmm. instead it's like hey you know if i'm gonna have some donuts i'm gonna take yeah. some insulin i'm gonna watch my sugar for the next couple hours yeah. it's it's a different it's a different <laughs> yeah. deal it's a totally yeah. different deal for yeah, me so, i remember drinking yeah. a wine cooler mm-hmm. And just knowing that my endocrinologist could tell from the sugar in the wine cooler, like I, that was a big deal for me. And that's, and I remember like, when I was way too young to be drinking a wine cooler, but the prison, I was like, I'm branching out. I'm going to drink this peach schnapp, whatever, you know? Yeah. This question's on a bit of a lighter note. So say both of the boys are, you know, in their twenties and their thirties. Okay. Whenever they get older. Okay. And you guys are, you guys are sitting on a boat somewhere, relaxing, having, having the time of your lives, you know? Are, are there, are there, it's okay. Are there any, are, are there any diabetes stories that, that are going to make you smile? Like you're going to look back at fondly. Are we drinking on it, a boat? I missed that part. Uh, yeah, no, I mean like we're flashing back. We'll and, drink anywhere. <laughs> boat, yard. Basically, is, is there anything that'll make you smile? Like you'll, you'll like. Oh, like your kid did something. Yeah, like, like it's like, oh, that, that was awesome. Like that was pretty funny here. Hmm. We're already at that point where we yeah. we can laugh at stuff. I mean, you have to be. You have to get to that point really quick. And we both, I think, deal with stuff with humor. I mean, mm-hmm. I laugh at the thought of when, before Tanner was diagnosed, I would sometimes grab the wrong kid's finger. And I'd be checking <laughs> Tanner's blood sugar. And Tyler would be like, oh, mama, he doesn't have diabetes. <laughs> and that kind of thing. And then just, you know. I mean, just like the our house, if they were to turn a black light on our house, it would look like a CSI crime scene because my kids like to wipe their finger pricks all over oh, the yeah. walls and furniture. I mean, it's just... It's the worst nightmare. It is. Hey, some of those habits die hard. Yeah. I'm, I'm still 26 and do some of those things. I mean, yeah. Just looking at my kids with their <laughs> cute little pump pouches around their waist when they're running around butt mm-hmm. naked. You know I mean? that That's cute. It's fun. It's fun. Thing to think of, you know. Um, also, just... It's really cool, not necessarily humorously, but but looking at our children and to see what they were cap- what they're capable of at such young ages. Right. It's pretty awesome. I mean, I can't believe the way they deal with it. And I look forward to seeing them grow up because yeah. the different phases of live puberty. I wish you the best, but um, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, glad they're boys. boys and not girls. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Your sisters, so. Yes. We're total shit shows. Yeah. <laughs> Evil. <laughs> yeah. There, there are some gifts that, that come through from diving as you get older, too. Like, you know, at, at school, we have free pizza lying around everywhere all the time and free Cokes and Sprites and that kind of stuff. And I've never even had the opportunity. Or I, I've never wanted to have the opportunity to even drink that stuff. So I've never had to break the habit right. of drinking Dr. Pepper or eating cookies or eating candy mm-hmm. because we just never ate it growing mm-hmm. up. And so your kids won't even have to worry about breaking those habits. One day, yeah. Those are like, oh, I never had Coke. Yeah. <laughs> or on a consistent basis. I yeah. Should, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I had plenty of Cokes for Lowe's, mm-hmm. you know, over time. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. Not just to have one. Yeah. Yeah. Not, never just to have one. Oh, yeah. I just broke the diet, Dr. Pepper. That was my deal. That was pretty brutal. You did it. So yeah. I had to do the yeah. same thing. I, uh, I'd start brutal. my day with one. Oh, me too. Me too. So, and I, in fact, I stopped it. So my, cause my kids were wanting it. So I stopped it. So they would not oh. want it anymore. And, and also I, it was just so, it was like the one last thing that I was doing that was just bad. Man, so. that and a diet Coke with a lime from oh, a certain place that I love. <laughs> Man, yeah. The oh, you're talking that about from. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had that so much. Oh, Growing up, diet coke with lime. Yeah, fresh lime, not the lime juice, but no. Yeah, you had to request it. Yep, fresh lime. Yeah. And I think going back to the high school years and things like that, I wasn't carb counting at that point, but you had a maybe a little more of a grasp of what better things you could put into your body. Hopefully, so mm-hmm. and. I mean, with girls too, the carb counting, calorie counting and stuff like that, it's part of your everyday deal. Then when somebody freaks out about eating chips and salsa, I'm like, well, let's talk about how many pieces of white bread that actually is going into your body. In my yeah. mind, how I judge mm-hmm. things. But yeah. You do develop a, a bit more of a health conscious. It can be health, unhealthy. Like awareness. Yeah. yeah. Forever. Well, okay. So I asked this earlier because I just recently in the past three years started celebrating my diversity. Mm-hmm. So especially mm-hmm. with young ones. What do you, do you guys celebrate and what do you do? We, yeah, we absolutely celebrate. It's something that the boys enjoy. And I mean, I, it's also like, man, we already, we made it through another year. This is <laughs> yeah. awesome. Um, so we typically get like, go get cupcakes or a cake or whatnot. And um, then usually a toy because my kids are spoiled rotten. So <laughs> we take them and they get to pick out a toy. Yeah, but you know, we, we tend to, since they, don't get treats, sweets, right. and stuff like that all the time. We tend to overindulge with a Hot Wheel or a Transformer or a, you know, anything, really. We, we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I would go to the endocrinologist at Children's, we would go shoe shopping afterwards. And I mm-hmm. have a lot of shoes. Yeah. <laughs> and just, I never I placed that as an adult. We like, have I'm talked like, oh, about that stuff. Yeah, yeah like, when wow. You're sticking needles in your kids every day. and Yeah. You tend to you know, want to spoil them a little bit where we probably shouldn't. So, hmm. oh, but yeah. it's so hard. You can't, you can't tell anyone what their parenting experience right. should be like yeah. or what that mind game is. Yeah. Yeah. I, who knows? Who knows yeah. what anybody would do in yeah. that kind of situation? Absolutely. My kids know their way around hospital gift shops. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so, they know right where to head. We've had a overindulge, but you know, but you know, we, I love celebrating it. Um, it's also an opportunity um, to really teach, talk to other people mm-hmm. um, about, you know, type one diabetes. Also, you know, one of the biggest things that I've 
tried every year. For some reason this year I didn't post up on Facebook. Normally I do. But empowering parents to make to listen to their gut instinct. So once a year I usually like to talk about my experience where I knew my son, I knew Tyler had type 1 diabetes, but I kept listening to the ER doctors tell me he just had a virus. Mm. Had I listened to my gut in the first place, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have gone into DKA. So really empowering my friends with kids to prick a finger. That's all it takes. Yeah. Prick a finger. To do that, to listen to your gut and to if you can always go to a children's hospital if you need to go to an ER because uh, most ER yeah. doctors don't understand children's bodies hmm. and it can be a life and death situation. We know more about the disease than most of the ER doctors in any of these hospitals. Yeah. We she's, were, she's had to give our kids injections because they weren't comfortable doing it. Wow, that's with glucagon. True. Yeah. Yep. I, they, in fact, they didn't have access to glucagon. They realized afterwards. So I had pulled my glucagon out and, and, you know, did the mixed it up and looked at the nurses and said, either you all can do this or I'm going to do this, but we can't wait anymore. He's 28. He's a 28 and not responding. Wow. So. Oh, I cannot imagine. That just gave me chills. Like. Yeah, and we've been. I mean, wow. We had another ER experience where we went to an adult ER just because out of convenience, mm-hmm. and it was right after first diagnosis where you're freaking out about everything. And yeah. he'd been like sixty for about no. two hours, so no, we thought, "Oh my gosh, he's, we've got to take him in." And looking back, <laughs> we shouldn't have, but they held us there trying to get a two-year-old to eat Sandwiches a sandwich, chips. And- fruit cup and like a cheese stick. He had to eat the whole thing before we could leave. So Mac and I ended up eating it just so we could get out of there. We said, he's fine now. We yeah. overreacted. We shouldn't have done that. So you yeah. never know what you're going to get in And it's, it was different with Tyler because in the middle of the night with Tyler, if he was low, I mean, there was some times where we had to take an Oreo and like take the stuff and just rub it on his gums because oh. he would refuse. Right. Mm-hmm. He'd be yeah. absolutely, and absolutely would refuse any kind of sugar, carbs, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Tanner, on the other hand, you if he's asleep and you get a sippy cup, put whatever you want in it, just kind of wiggle it from his face, he just takes it and sucks it down. Wow. So it's always been easier with Tanner and with Tyler. That's why it was, we can't, he won't eat anything. Right. And that was before we had our endocrinologist who said, oh, just mix up a little bit of glucagon and inject them. Before we were with him, if we could not get the boys up, we would have to tell. That was a protocol. Take them to the ER. Take them to the ER. Take them to the ER. So I I think having a child with type 1 makes you realize how fragile the the healthcare system is Mm -hmm. and how much doctors really don't know. I mean, there, there is a, a large swath of information that a doctor just can't understand. Mm-hmm. And no. if you have a, a person with type 1 diabetes in your family, you are the expert, no yes. matter where you go, Absolutely. except if you go to a child at an endocrinologist. Yeah. Right. Besides that, you are the expert. And I'm sure that was shocking for, for you to see. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. In <laughs> fact, we just, I mean, one of the last times that we were in a hospital setting, they kept telling us, you know, oh, he can't just have juice to get his blood sugar up. He needs peanut butter and he needs this and that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, in a young child, it's not like a type two where you want the protein and the sugar. We have to get the sugar in him right. to get him up because he may not go up. And then we have to leave. So we need room in his stomach for more sugar. Right. We don't need a <clears throat> protein meal. We need something that's going to spike it. And he doesn't, his pancreas isn't shooting out any, you know, right. any insulin right now. So... We're going to get him up and he'll stay up. So a lot of them have a hard time grasping that concept. And 
a lot don't understand and they don't understand it at all. It's just, it's frustrating. And if you think back, like say your, your ER doc, okay, he went to medical school and his first two years of training, he received two days where they talked about diabetes. Um, maybe maybe a week mm-hmm. if with considering the type two content and the type two complications and type one, mm-hmm. but probably about probably two lectures on type one diabetes mm-hmm. out of a period of say probably you know five thousand hours of education. Yeah, yeah. two. Mm-hmm. You know, so there, in in those two hours, we're talking about like the basics. Yeah. There was no mm-hmm. training on how to treat a low, how to treat a high. I mean, it's so you, yeah, it's 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 crazy it's more to about know the that, diagnosis and yeah, like it's about the, the diagnosis yeah. and. And knowing what the, the nurses know in the ER, yeah, and it, yeah, it's it's very yeah. very fascinating yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, and if you're not in DKA, they don't want to diagnose it because most right. of the time they're diagnosing in DKA. Yeah. In fact, mm-hmm. I ran into the ER doctor that um, di- that when Tanner was put into the hospital, and he had even told us, "I've never diagnosed out of DKA." Now, two years later, I ran into him, and he's like, I remember you guys. I still haven't diagnosed anyone out of DK since Tanner, but he had just diagnosed a 45-year-old with a blood sugar of 1,800. How is that even possible? I don't even know. That's the highest one I've ever heard. Yeah, he was airlifted. Holy shit. That's a crazy one. skin and bones. Yeah, he he, he said he was severely ill. Oh, my gosh. Wow. It's a smooth-looking truck you got there. Is that a power? What is it called? A monster truck? Okay. That's pretty sick. I feel like that's it was monster truck, yeah. Is that the grave digger? I've been to these things. I have actually have? been to a couple yes. of yes, and tractor pulls. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I love them. Please don't put that in the podcast. Yeah, that's too noisy. It's super fun when you've had some wine, but it's super noisy. It's a Chewbacca mask. I've said a few straws through the mouth. Well, I feel like, um, is there anything else that we really want to touch on? I mean, we got kids that are... I think we've reached a good point. Yeah. Or unless anything else you guys want to pitch out there to... No, just... I mean... Yeah, I guess any, I yeah, any advice to I'm, a new parent looking oh. at podcasts and trying to get knowledge? What would you say to them? Reach out to reach out to the organizations in your community. Reach out to the JDRF. Um, there, in a lot of communities, there's Diabetes Solutions. Um, oh yeah, mm-hmm. really. You're obviously already looking. If you're if you're hearing this, you already are involved in the diabetes online community, right? But there is such a power in being in a room with other parents who are experiencing what you're experiencing. Right. You don't have to be alone in this. Because mm-hmm. um, we are the experts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You are. Literally, we're the experts. Yeah. Because the emotional toll is can be pretty taxing on you. Um, and so use the resources you have in your community. Just just get involved. Get to know other parents. And the JDRF is one of the... JDRF and the Diabetes Solutions are probably the best ways to really get involved with other parents and other kids. And create a support system that's not just on the computer or on your phone that's actually you can sit around a table with. Absolutely. It's the best. Well, and I think I can speak for both of us on this that we hope to continue to have you guys on every couple, you know, every once in a while just because as the boys grow up, things change. There's going to be challenges. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And I I feel pretty impassioned to do whatever I can to help other parents who are dealing with this because I spent the first year and a half not reaching out to anybody and trying to do it all on my own. And 
it's not worth it. It's, it's, it's okay to ask for help and to want to be a part of a face-to-face community. Mm-hmm. So, And one of the things that I'm bringing up the T1D Exposed group again, because something that they said that was incredibly valuable, and I think for parents as well, shed the shame. Mm-hmm. Whether, I mean, we're all doing the best that we can with a disease that is unpredictable. So do what you can. and Well, it educates yeah. people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the kids, you know, gather around my kid when he gets his finger pricked. They're like, whoa, <laughs> right. why are you doing that? <laughs> Boom. That's a, that's a, a situation where we can educate people on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. that because is, that one kid who saw... Uh, Tyler does his blood sugar might be the kid who saves another person with type one diabetes life in college, you know, Mm -hmm. or during a football game or basketball game. That might be the kid Mm -hmm. that says, Oh, he's low. Get him a Gatorade. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and making them feel comfortable about talking about it because there's nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And one day your kids will thank you so much for what Mm -hmm. you did and, and the genuine, care you put into it one day though they will thank you so much they may be 52 yeah. they may be a while but uh, they'll be know dead when they're 50 <laughs> <laughs> the rate <laughs> things are going oh yeah no i guess need, you no are need, yeah no need yeah. to do that <laughs> you'd yeah, be in your late 80s was like how yeah. old will you be when i'm 40 and we're like we didn't even want to talk about it. we wouldn't even do the math like i don't even want to know when you're my age <laughs> wow. well, I guess micro- anyway. yeah. well, All thank right. you. Well, thank, thank you so you guys much for hosting so much. us. This was a total. This is a blast. So, all right, that's it. All right. Had to check and see if the level is up or down. What'd you have for dinner? What'd you have for lunch? Did you have too many or not enough? Get all the levels to shoot up, 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 cause I'm alive. 
Little thing called diabetes.